Acts 2 verse 42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Hebrews 10 verses 24 to 25 says, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What these have in common, getting together, fellowship, encouragement, being in fellowship with other Christians to further themselves in the knowledge of Christ, to lift one another up, to do good together. All awesome reasons why we go to church. But the question is, should we force our teenagers to go to church when they don't want to? That's a hard question. And that's what I'm going to dive into today. So stay tuned. Thanks for joining another episode of Imperfect Parenting with a Perfect God. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. That sounds amazing to me. How about you, friends? Doing this parenting thing alone is hard, but the great news is that we are not alone. We have an amazing, perfect God who can guide us, carry us, take our burdens, and give us rest when we are weary. His burden is light, but the joys of parenting are many, and He has made you the parent of your children on purpose. So let's see what God has to share with us today. Thanks for joining me. I'm going to start this episode by listing five reasons that I think that, yes, we should force our teenagers to go to church. But after that, I'm going to get into the reality and the mess uh, that is uh, parenting teenagers and going through what they are dealing with as well. So looking at it from their perspective, as well as um, parenting through that and walking alongside them. So here's my top five reasons where I think teenagers should be forced to go to church. First of all, it gives them a sense of community. That's number one, okay? Attending church can provide them with a sense of belonging and connection to a community. They need that. They can meet and socialize with other teenagers who share their values and beliefs, which can be particularly important during adolescence when social connections are critical. Number two, spiritual growth, obviously hopefully at your church. Church can provide them with opportunities to learn about their faith, engage in religious practices, and reflect on their personal beliefs and values. This can help them develop a sense of purpose and direction in life, which we all need. Three, positive values. Churches often promote positive values, such as kindness, generosity, forgiveness, and respect for others. Hopefully all the fruits of the Spirit are being reflected here. Uh, They can benefit from exposure to these values and learn how to apply them in their daily lives. So there's a practicality aspect of that as well. 
And that's something that they may not be getting from other places that they frequent. So mentorship is number four. Mentorship. Churches sometimes have adult mentors or role models who can provide guidance and support for them. Okay, whether it's youth group leaders, pastor him, him, her, him or herself, uh, or just other more spiritually mature members of the church that are willing to walk alongside teens and just live life, you know, with them and show them and be a testimony to their faith. They can offer advice, help them navigate challenging situations, um, and just be somebody other than mom and dad that are guiding them through their faith. And the last is service opportunities. Churches often provide these opportunities to help them engage in service projects, give back to the communities, and serving is one of the greatest ways to grow your faith. And that is me speaking from example. I still remember the mission trip I went on when I was 13. I wasn't a Christian yet, but I was with a youth group. And the impact that it has had on me my whole life, just doing good for others, doing these, seeing that I could do some things like I replaced a toilet. I was 13. I built a porch, obviously not by myself. I didn't do any of this by myself, but I learned how to do these things, but I did them. I helped to build a porch. I replaced a ceiling. These are things I'd never cut wood before. And I did it like these, it built my confidence as a teenager, as a 13 year old who'd never had these things at home uh, to do these opportunities to serve and to learn how to do these things. So I got to give back. I loved how that felt to see the gratitude on the homeowner's face when she was receiving all of this service. And at the end, when it was done, she was on cloud nine and she couldn't express her thankfulness more. Like there just wasn't enough room in this world to measure her gratitude. And it was so impactful on my heart and on my confidence and my desire to help others. So service projects, service opportunities. Uh, Our church is really big on serving our immediate community, the homeless, um, those who are addicted, um, uh, the lost, the, the needs of just the general community around us. We live in a, a pretty um, pretty big city for our, well, we live in the biggest, we're in the biggest city in our little state. Um, and so there's a lot of that going on, but there's opportunities to serve those people as well as one another in our community. And that's huge for teenagers to be able to, to understand the impact that they can have in the world around them uh, just because they're teens doesn't mean they can't. They're so ready and so capable. And it's, I think, just such a, a great opportunity for them to understand that they have the power to make change, to make good change in their world immediately around them or abroad. There's just so many opportunities that they can take advantage of. It's so great. Self them develop that sense of empathy, compassion, leadership, teamwork, and just overall confidence. So overall, yeah, I think it's important for teenagers to attend church uh, when there's a supportive community at church, opportunities for spiritual growth, exposure to positive values, mentorship and service opportunities, 
Um, whether or not to attend church is ultimately up to you to decide how you're going to go about it. But I'm going to dive in now to um, kind of the nitty-gritty, a little bit more um, practical, me- messy um, part of this discussion. So um, here we go. Whether or not to require our teenagers to go to church is an age-old question because it's one in one hand, they're under our roofs. And on another, we're trying to foster independence so that they can begin adulting very soon. But there are so many factors involved in this decision. And ultimately, it comes down to what you decide. Um, But I'm going to give you my take on it anyway. And we'll go from there. First factor to consider is how old they are when they decide, I don't want to go to church anymore. Um, Now, not all teenagers go through this, by the way. So if you don't have a teenager going through this, awesome. Less issues for you. I don't have one either going through that right now. However, I was one who was forced to go to church, uh, many different churches. I wasn't raised in, quote unquote, the church, but I was definitely dragged to a lot of churches. And when I say dragged, I mean dragged. I did not want to go. Um, but I went silently protesting. So I have been there on the teen perspective. Uh, So I'm going to speak a little bit from both that perspective as well as uh, my perspective as a a Christian mom. If they're younger, well, we don't tend to give the younger teenagers as much freedom as we give the older. So honestly, when they're, I'm talking like 13, 14, 15, um, they should do what your family does. That's my opinion. You do what you need to do with your family, but in my family, they will go to church with us because that's what we do as a family. We go to church on Sundays and events and other special days. So they will come with us and they don't get a choice. That's how we've set it up in our family. That's our standard, personally. Uh, And luckily, we haven't had a whole lot of pushback on that. We have some grumbling and complaining here and there, but we address it as we come across it and remind them that we are the authority in the family and that they need to come along. And we'll, we'll give them grace in certain ways, like maybe we will let them bring something that they can color or fidget with. I mean, even, even young teenagers might need something like that, especially if it's going somewhere that they are not excited to go to. Uh, so we're willing to compromise on some things, but we do not give them complete freedom. So we're not going to have them bringing their iPods or something that's going to distract them from the service because the whole point of going is fellowship, teaching, and time to worship. At least that's how we see church. For the older teens, it gets a little trickier, especially when they start driving, they start having jobs, they start having their their outside influences from their peers. Not that the younger ones don't have that, but it seems to get much stronger as they get older. They're much more invested in what's going on with other teenagers their age, and the comparison game is very strong with those ones. So if you have an older teen who is struggling. And I would say, actually, I would say this with even the younger ones. Um, Getting to the bottom of why they don't want to go to church is really the first step. 
you know, what, they just don't want to go because they don't think it's cool. That's a peer issue that just needs to be dealt with. Uh, if they're struggling with their faith, talk to them about that. Let the, I mean, even even Jacob wrestled with <laughs> God. Um, he he was a little worse for the wear afterwards, but his faith was strong, stronger, in fact. Um, and he was blessed. So struggling with our faith. I mean, gosh, you can't tell me that you have not done that because we think we've all done that at some point and we may do it again in the future. But really when they're trying to decide what they believe and why, this is, this is a turning point in their lives and it's really important to be there with them, walk alongside them with that and guide them through the scriptures, guide them in prayer, cover them in prayer. Prayer is such a strong influence. And um, just give them grace with that. Uh, in that case, honestly, my, again, this is my opinion. I would encourage them to come to church anyway, because if they're struggling, one of the best things you can do is surround them with fellow believers, with people who can lift them up, can encourage them, just like it says in Hebrews, that can show them the way. Other, other adults, other older people that are not mom and dad, that are not just saying so, can show them this is how this is what faith looks like. This is how we walk out our faith. This is why. So getting them involved with other um, mentors and maybe even talking to your pastor if your pastor is, would make a great mentor or could suggest somebody in church that would. That's a great way to help them struggle with their faith, help them to figure it out, what it all means. Maybe there's some things they missed along the way that they just don't understand. And just working through those things with them, walking through that is so good. And that's our job as parents is to walk them through their faith, to help them to own their own faith. Because we can't give them ours. Our faith is ours. We, we alone have our relationship with God. You know, it's like when you have a a relationship with your, your best friend, well, your kid's not going to have that same relationship with your best friend. That would be weird. (laughs) It just doesn't work that way. Whoever you have a friendship with, that's your friendship. They will make their own way with somebody. And so finding their way with Jesus, it has to be their way with Jesus, not yours. You can certainly give them testimonies and prayer and love them through it and show them what yours is like. But ultimately, it comes down to their what their own faith. They have to they have to come to that place. And because it's something they're going to take with them. It's something they're going to own the rest of their lives, hopefully. So walking them through that to get to that place is so important. So asking them good questions of why don't you want to go to church? Um, do you have any ideas how to make it better? If you could organize a church service, what would it look like? What would worship look like? What would it sound like? So those are great questions to ask because maybe, just maybe that's not the church to be at right now. I know changing churches can be really hard, especially if it's something you've been at for a long time. Maybe you're part of the leadership there um, or what have you, but it doesn't have to be forever, but it could be an interim moment where you search out something that's better for your kids at the time. 
Maybe your church doesn't have a great youth group program. Um, Things like that. They're not connecting with people their age, so they don't think that um, kids their age should be going to church because there's nobody there that does, and they feel like the odd man out. That's a thing. That's an issue. If they don't see other teens... They're going to be thinking, geez, it's a bunch of old fogies that go here. It's a bunch of moms and dads and grandparents. I don't know why I'm here. I don't have anyone to relate to. They do need that, especially in the teens. They need that. Maybe they don't understand the messages. Why don't they understand the messages yet? Maybe they're just a little too out of their league yet. There's there's ways to figure this out. These are all good questions to ask. Um, yeah. So I remember, oh gosh, I remember being overwhelmed and confused in church when I was younger and I was bounced around from church to church, problem number one. Um, Problem number two, my family didn't really go. I went with babysitters and such. Um, My knowledge was lacking severely, even though I was going to classes, I was going to youth group, I was going to CCD, I was going to different things. It was just so scattered that none of it really was put together. So when I would hear messages at church. I'd be like, I don't know what any of this means. It's all Christianese to me. And we have to be very careful as Christians about that. Maybe you're new to church as a family, and these kids just don't know what it's about yet. Learn alongside them. Walk them through that. They have never been through church. Then they they really are going to be confused. Um, So sympathize with that. Give them lots of grace in that area. Help them to know where you're at. It's really important that they know that they're not alone. Kids, teenagers do not like to be alone. Even if they are like me, I like my alone time. I am not an extrovert. I am an introvert. But it doesn't mean I need to be alone all the time. There's a difference between being a loner and being lonely. You don't want them to be lonely. Independence and loneliness are two very different sides of a coin. You don't want it to be on the wrong side of the coin. So walk alongside them. Let them know they're not alone. That you are going through the same thing. It's kind of like church growing pains. You know, there's always something like that with a new environment. You have a lot to learn. It's all new, but you know it's good. Um, just... Have a lot of understanding in that. What's your What's your family requirement? What's your household requirement? Like I said, for me, we require ours to go because it's what our family does. And, be, and actually, that's not even the main reason, honestly. Why our family does it, that's the more important thing to discuss. The reason we go to church, we go to church to worship Jesus because of what he's done for us on the cross. We go to church to fellowship with other believers, to be an encouragement, and to be encouraged to lift one another up, to learn how we can serve in our community alongside other believers. That's another reason we go to church. And to learn from our pastor. That's another reason we go. We dive deeper into the word, understand what God's word means to grow closer to his heart. These are all reasons we go to church for our family. Those are our family wise. And so we pass those along to our kids so they understand this is why we go to church. We don't go to church to check it off our list. We don't go to church because it's Sunday. 
we go to church because this is where we want to grow together with other believers in our faith and to reach out to our community as a church. So those are why we go, and that's what we explain to our kids, no matter what age they are. I understand fully that when my daughter graduates next year and she's an adult, she will get to choose which church she wants to go to, whether she wants to continue at the church that we go to as a family, or if she wants to branch out and see if maybe there's another church for her. She goes with our blessing because we know that her faith is her own now. Her faith is secure um, because we have surrounded her with people of faith of all ages, but especially of her own that can encourage her in her faith and they can learn together and they can grow together and explore God's word together. We've done that because we want her to own it. So we know that when she goes, she goes with the wisdom and relationship with Jesus. So what are the outside influences your kids have? Maybe there's something there that needs to be explored think about that. Maybe your kid's grown up in church. Maybe they have their own faith. Um, but maybe they are like, I have, so one of my kids, she, she likes the church we go to, but she, the worship is too loud for her. Um, so we make an accommodation for her. She is allowed to sit out in the lobby where she can still hear and participate in worship, but it's not so loud. So she still comes with us. She is participating, but in her own way. We give her that grace because we understand that that's a sensory thing. And maybe that's an issue for your kid. Maybe there's a sensory issue. Uh, really dive in and leave that, that, that venue of communication, that avenue of communication open to say, you know, what's going on here? Is it church you don't like? Is there one thing about it you don't like? What's going on here? What's, what is... The reason you're telling us you don't want to go to church. It's so important to keep that line of communication open with them because they will talk to you about it. Um, Our youngest might be a little bit rebellious at times, a little bit um, passionate about certain things that she doesn't need to be passionate about, but at least she has communicated that with us saying, you know, I I need to do it this way, but I'm still going to do it. It's like, okay. That's fine. We will concede. Maybe not everybody agrees with that, but that's okay. You do what's right in your family and for your reasons. I'm going to leave you with these two scriptures because I feel like these are important to highlight when it comes to as kids are growing in their faith. And even us, this is important for everybody actually. That's why it's in scripture. As we're all maturing in our faith, we need to leave behind our childish ways. I think most of us who are listening, most of you who are listening to this know that. Pretty sure you know that. Uh, As you grow spiritually, you need to leave behind your childish ways and um, grow in your relationship with God and your your, um, habits. So Luke 8 14 puts it this way Jesus is talking about the seeds that fall on the path, that fall off the path, that fall on the thorns, things like that. And so it's that parable of the seed of the sower. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, 
but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. That is one reason we bring our teens to church, because we want them to distinguish from the cares of the world and the cares of Jesus. We want their soil to be fertile soil so that the seeds that are sown by us, by our pastor, by those adults in their, in their lives that are teaching them about God and about Jesus and about the scriptures, that those seeds would fall on fertile soil because we are trying to be very careful about any thorns that might try to get in and, and choke out the truth. And we, we make sure that we keep our pruners, our shears nearby. And we're honest about that with them. We, are, we want them to know the truth so that when things come in that are not true, they will recognize them and then eventually be able to prune them themselves. And they're getting there. Teenagers are at that point now where they're starting to take the reins in that. But careful care along the way it has to happen because they are at very peer-oriented, very sensitive stage, a very influential stage in their lives. And so we have to be careful what's around them and the environments that they're in and be ready to prune away those awful thorns that will possibly choke out what's important. Romans 12 verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And that's that knowing the truth. If you know the truth, it's like it's like money, counterfeit money. I'm sure a lot of you, I'm sure you've heard this before, but I'm going to say it anyway. People who work in the counterfeit world, people who, um, like people who work for the government, to recognize counterfeit money. The reason they can recognize counterfeit money is because they've studied the real thing. So they know every in and out, every detail, every element of what a legitimate $100 bill looks like. They know that they know the hairs on Franklin's head. They know what his spectacles look like. They know what all the signatures, they know all the numbers, they know the colors, they know the fibers. They know the makeup of a real $100 bill. And what happens is if a fake one comes across that's really close to it, they'll know the difference because it doesn't look like the true $100 bill. So the best way for our kids to not be conformed by, to this world is to constantly be transformed by the renewal of their minds. Constantly. It's not a one and done thing. So going to church going to youth group, being part of a place that fills them with the truth of the word of God will allow them to discern the will of God, the truth of God in this world, what is good, what is acceptable and perfect, because they will recognize when it's not those things, because they know what is. If they know what is, then they will recognize when it is not, and they will be able to make the right choices. Are they going to screw up in this world? Of course they are. Are they going to make bad decisions? Of course they are. Are they going to royally screw up their lives? 
Boy, I hope not. <laughs> There's no guarantee in that. But what we have is hope and we have truth and we have love and we have Jesus and we have salvation. And that's what we can show them. That's what we can surround them with and pray that they take hold of it for themselves so that when they screw up, when they sin, when they make mistakes, they know that there's hope. They know that there's love. They know there's redemption. They know there's Jesus. And they're not lost because they know there's hope. There's love. There's truth. There's Jesus. There's forgiveness. There's redemption. They know that. Let's help them not be lost in this world. Let's surround them in an environment with truth. Because we want our kids to be able to discern it from the lies of the enemy, don't we? We are giving them a tool. So teenagers, it's a hard road, but it's worth it in the end. It's worth the struggle. It's worth the fight. Some things are just not. I mean, you do have to pick your battles, but this is one worth winning. Getting them to church, getting them around people of faith, a good church. I know they might be bored. Find out why. Figure out if there's something you can do. Maybe it's a different church. Maybe they can talk to the pastor about what's going on and give some input. Maybe the pastor never thought, hmm, are my teenagers getting fed? Hmm, I forgot about those sheep. That's possible. But figure it out. It's worth the battle to keep them coming to church in fellowship, learning and renewing their minds in Christ. And as a family, even better, because you are setting the example. They're going to see your fruit. Because what does Jesus say? Or actually, sorry, Paul. They will know you by your fruit. Okay? Talking about false prophets in that case, but in this case, it's Christianity. Christians, Christians will be known by their fruit. We will, you will be known by your fruit, and your kids will see the fruit. And they will want that. All right, that was, felt like a little bit of rambling, I think, but uh, hopefully it made sense. Um, I get a little bit passionate about this subject. Um, so hopefully that helps you, gives you a little bit of um, little bit of tools in your toolbox to work through this stage if and when you get there. If you're there now, I'm praying for you that it all works out well and that... Um, your authority would reign in the house and that God's authority would reign in your life and that faith would abound. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for everybody who is listening to this right now. Thank you for our teenagers who are amazing. They're strong-willed, they're passionate, they're thinkers, they're creative, and they want hope. They want truth. They want love. They want to know what all that is. Lord, I pray that you would open their eyes to all of that that is in you, that you would guide them to seek truth, that you would guide them to find it in your word, and that you would give them fellowship full of faith that they can surround themselves with to lift themselves up and to be lifter uppers of others, however that makes sense. Thank you so much, God, for loving all of us the way that you do. You are such a kind and gentle father. And you pursue us until we turn and open our eyes to you. So I pray that these teenagers would open their eyes to you and see that you are worth it. 
and that you are the hope that they're looking for. You are the truth that they're looking for. You are the love that they seek. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Have an amazing week, you guys, and I'll talk to you soon. And I pray that you have an amazing Easter. Remember, we celebrate Easter because that is the hope that is in us, that Jesus died and was raised from the dead to save us from our sins and give us everlasting life. Happy Jesus. Happy Jesus. Happy Easter, everybody. I was going to say happy Jesus Day. Uh, It's kind of the same thing, right? (laughs) Bless you guys this week. I hope that made you giggle. August is Mental Health Awareness Month. We have such a huge rise in mental health issues right now, especially among children, and it completely breaks my heart. That's why I created Comfort Creatures. They're cute little fuzzballs with beautiful, sparkling eyes. They're slightly weighted, and they're just a fun little critter to keep with them to help them to feel safe, to um, to be able to feel and play with. They're like a fidget toy or security. Uh, it's a beautiful, they're just so cute. They can keep them in their pockets. They can bring them with them wherever they go. They can tell them their worries. When I was younger, I had these little worry dolls and I would tell them my worries. And I feel like it was a great way to learn how to pray. And these comfort creatures are just that. They're a great tool to teach kids how to pray, but it gives them something tactile and physical and something to look at. But they can imagine that God is listening to them while they're talking to their little critter, their little comfort creature. They come in a variety of colors. They are all the softest fur, faux fur, that you can imagine. And they're just so sweet. They come packaged with an adoption certificate so they can name them and they can become part of the family. There's also an additional calm breathing kit that can be added to this package for just a couple of dollars. And it gives them a couple of techniques so that when they start getting anxious and overwhelmed, if they tend to get shortness of breath because of anxiety, this is a great tool to add on to give them a couple of ways to treat the anxiety and help to learn to calm themselves down. But this this epidemic has really broken my heart and I just felt like this was my little way to help. So check them out at our Etsy store. Izzy Drew Lane is the name of the store. You can go to etsy.com slash forward slash shop forward slash Izzy Drew Lane. That's I-Z-Z-Y D-R-E-W Lane. I'll put the link in the show notes for your reference, but check them out. And while you're there, check out the slime kits that my girls are making. They're scented and they're fun and they're another tactile activity that the kids can make and keep with them in their nice sturdy storage case and play with for months. So enjoy it, check it out, and I hope you find comfort in my creatures.
Thanks for joining us for another episode of Imperfect Parenting with a Perfect God. I am so glad that you joined us today. This is so much fun to be able to encourage you and remind you that God loves you and wants to partner with you in your parenting journey. Remember, he made you the parent of your kids on purpose. If you like this episode, please, please take time to rate and review it so that other people can find this podcast as well. I'd really appreciate it. And I think so would other people who get to be blessed by this. And share it with friends and family that you think it would bless too. Let's spread the word and let people know that God loves them and wants to be with them each and every day in their parenting journey. Thanks for stopping by and I hope you join us next week.